the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. European leaders support Ukraine's interest in joining EU in visit to Ukraine. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky welcoming the backing from the visiting leaders. Abbott's baby formula plant closed mere weeks after opening due to poor weather. Production and distribution of new product will likely be delayed for weeks. Pro-life leaders pen letter to A.G. Garland demanding action against pro-choice terror group. If abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, June 17th. I'm Jim Bartok. Ukraine. French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, and Italian Premier Mario Draghi have arrived in Kyiv. The European leaders met with Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky on Thursday as they prepare for a key European Union leaders summit in Brussels next week and a June 29th through 30th NATO summit in Madrid. France currently holds the EU's rotating presidency. Romanian President Klaus Johannes also joined them. French President Emmanuel Macron tells reporters that he and other leaders are visiting with a message of European unity for the Ukrainian people, support now and in the future, because the weeks to come will be very difficult. Melissa Duggan of City News explains. The three Western European powers have been criticized by Ukraine for not going all out in their support of the country that's under invasion. Now the trio looking to smooth things over. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky welcoming the backing from the visiting leaders, which also included the Romanian president, who are supporting Ukraine's bid to join the European Union, with immediate candidate status, they say. Duggan also says that Russia believes Ukraine joining the EU will just extend the war. Russia reacting to the visit, saying any talks of European weapons support for Ukraine is useless and would only prolong suffering. Meanwhile, Ukraine continues to plead for more weapons from its Western allies, with NATO officials meeting this week in Brussels to discuss Kyiv's urgent need for more arms. It comes as Russia makes gains in eastern Ukraine, largely as a result of its relentless artillery bombardment of the Donbass. Military affairs analyst, retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, tells the Salem Radio Network a change in strategy has Russia on the brink of capturing all of eastern Ukraine. What they've reverted to is what they've used in the past in places like Chechnya and Syria, and that is relying on their overwhelming heavy artillery and rocket-launching systems. McGinnis says that Russian firepower is asserting itself. The Russians are firing uh, arguably 10 rounds of artillery for every one the Ukrainians are. And so uh, the superiority in that domain is significant. McGinnis tells the Salem Radio Network that the Russian military has become very methodical in eastern Ukraine. The Russians use the artillery. They destroy basically everything in front of them, and then they incrementally move their ground forces forward to occupy terrain. And that's how they've basically come to 
you know, overwhelm and dominate the Donbass. McGinnis goes on to say that should Russia take all of eastern Ukraine, one question remains unanswered. Are they going to be satisfied for now just to occupy the uh, Donbass and Crimea, much like the status quo they had uh, at the end of 2014? Or are they going to uh, accept the momentum that they've already enjoyed here in the last few weeks and continue to march to the west? Abbott has stopped production of its infant formula at its Sturgis, Michigan plant less than two weeks after restarting due to severe thunderstorms that caused flooding inside the plant. The company announced the pause in production in a statement on Wednesday, adding that it will re-sanitize the plant and production is likely to resume in a few weeks. Abbott has stopped baby formula production at its Michigan plant after severe storms led to some flooding there. Formula production there restarted less than two weeks ago after a months-long closure that helped drive a nationwide formula shortage. The company now says it will do comprehensive testing with an independent third party before reopening, but that means production and distribution of new product will likely be delayed for weeks. As a result, Abbott has stopped production of its Elecare specialty formula that was underway to assess damage caused by the storm and clean and resanitize the plant. The company says it has informed the Food and Drug Administration and will conduct comprehensive testing to ensure the facility is safe to resume production. According to a report in the New York Times, the Biden administration is considering declaring a public health emergency to protect abortion access. That is one of a number of proposals under consideration to use executive orders to blunt the impact of the expected overturning of Roe v. Wade. Many believe the move would certainly be met with legal challenges. The declaration of a public health emergency could ostensibly allow the Department of Health and Human Services to suspend the state-based medical licensing so that blue state doctors could perform abortions in states where abortion is outlawed or restricted. Meanwhile, a coalition of pro-life organizations sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland Thursday demanding action to address the recent wave of pro-abortion terrorism and intimidation against pro-life pregnancy centers. The 25 pro-life leaders called the Justice Department's attention to the many attacks on pregnancy centers, churches, and even Supreme Court justices that have occurred since the Dobbs majority opinion leak last month. Angela Suratalo of Respect Life Ministry explains what happened when her pregnancy crisis center was targeted. If abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. They spelled neither wrong, neither wrong. Um, and then it had Jane's revenge by the door there. Suratalo says the incident left her shaken. It was very disturbing. Uh, my first um, feeling that I, you know, that came over me was sadness. Um, like, why would somebody do that? We can have opposing opinions without, you know, having to, you know, threaten and intimidate. Bobeth Yates, a news journalist for CBS4 in Miami, reads parts of the manifesto that the pro-abortion terror group Jane's Revenge penned on their website. In this manifesto released on May 30th, the group called for pro-choice supporters to act, saying the next step is carrying that anger out into the world and expressing it physically. The manifesto says the call to action is a direct response to recent attempts to overturn Roe versus Wade. Soratello goes on to say that she won't be frightened away from helping men and women in crisis. I'm going to say it's disturbing. 
but I personally am not fearful. We're not going to back down. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing, which is offering our services to men and women who need our, our assistance in a crisis pregnancy. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says that the state would not be ordering COVID-19 vaccines for young children. After a Food and Drug Administration panel unanimously endorsed the Pfizer and Moderna shots for babies and kids under five. DeSantis says that the media is driving misinformation about COVID vaccines. So our Department of Health has been very clear, uh, the risks outweigh the benefits and we recommend against. That's not the same as banning it. I mean, people can access it if they want to and parents can do. But if you look at when they were doing the hearing, you had one physician say, you know, parents are really, really frightened. Like, we, we know that the risk is low. Uh, we're not sure how this is going to work. But we parents are really frightened about COVID for their kids. And which I would say is, why would they be frightened about it? It's because of media hysteria. It's because of a lot of misinformation. DeSantis goes on to say that parents are free to choose to have their children under five vaccinated. But his administration will not impose a state program to make sure it happens. That's different than saying you can't. You are free to choose. That's that's not an issue. But I'd also say just apart from how you recommend it, uh, we were distributing this when it first came out because a lot of people wanted it and there wasn't enough supply. Well, there's a surplus of this. Uh, doctors can get it. Hospitals can get it. Uh, but there's not going to be any state programs uh, that are going to be trying to, uh, you know, get COVID jabs to infants and toddlers and newborns. Uh, that's not something that we think uh, is appropriate. Uh, and so that's not where we're going to be u- utilizing our resources in that regard. The lead Democratic negotiator for the bipartisan gun safety bill, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, says the Senate is looking to pass a bill by their July 4th recess, despite rumblings on Capitol Hill that provisions concerning so-called red flag laws remain a point of contention. Texas Senator John Cornyn joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss where the bipartisan group stands on the gun violence bill they are working on. Well, we are narrowing the issues, and I would say uh, we have a a final meeting before we break for this week, uh, and we need to make some final decisions on on the open items so we can uh, get text written and to our distributed to our colleagues. Uh, Senator Schumer said he would like to have this bill on the floor next week. The two issues are really what the Democrats like to call the boyfriend loophole, which would uh, which would cover non-traditional uh, relationships, uh, perhaps long-standing, uh, you know, intimate or romantic relationships that would be subject to the bar uh, of being able to purchase a firearm if you're convicted of a domestic violence misdemeanor. Cornyn says that while red flag laws get the headlines, mental health funding is also a big part of what their bill proposes. The second has to do with the distribution of the funds for uh, crisis intervention. Um, of course, the uh, the whole red flag issue has gotten a lot of attention, but there's a lot of things that being done in a number of other states, mental health courts, veterans courts, outpatient-assisted treatment for people with mental health challenges to try to help them man- manage those. There are a lot of things being done across the country that I would like to see uh, share in the money that we are going to be uh, uh, appropriating. Cornyn also says that the Senate needs to focus on people with mental health issues and not law-abiding gun owners. None of these mass shootings, none of these gang bangers, none of this criminal activity involves law-abiding citizens. I mean, I own a number of firearms, uh, and uh, I'm not a threat to to public safety, and, and the vast majority of 
of firearms owners or not. And so there's no reason to try to erode the, the, the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. What we need to focus on are people that are undergoing mental health crises and people who have been adjudicated uh, as mentally ill, as well as people who are criminals, which are currently barred by law from buying a firearm uh, if, if it uh, is in the background check system. Cornyn reiterates that what they're doing is hyper-focused on what may help reduce mass shootings. The wish list of the, of the folks who would like to erode the Second Amendment is very long, and you'll notice that none of that is being considered. Uh, what we are trying to do is we're trying to narrowly address the, the, the situation at hand, like we did following the Sutherland Springs shooting, where the Air Force had failed to upload felony and domestic violence convictions for the shooter there, who then killed a lot of innocent people at a little Baptist church outside of San Antonio. I work with Chris Murphy um, from Connecticut, a blue state senator, who he would like to do something much more aggressive. But what we did is we fixed that gap in the background check system by mandating that government agencies do so, incentivizing the states to populate uh, the background check system. And we've seen 11.5 million new records uploaded into the system. But the system can't work if the information is not there. Cornyn says that the Senate will not pass a federal red flag law. Due process of law is a fundamental constitutional right, and we're not going to do anything to uh, uh, to erode that either. Um, what what One of the things I think people should understand is we're not going to pass a national red flag law they do exist in some form in 19 states, and uh, one of the things we are going to condition uh, the access to the federal grant funding through the Department of Justice is going to be on the most rigorous due process standard that exists in the law today. Uh, they won't be able to risk, uh, get access to it unless they have that standard in place. Biden administration's special presidential envoy for climate raised some eyebrows on Thursday when he said the country did not need more oil drilling. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And we have to prevent a false narrative from entering into this or, again, uh, pun intended, we are cooking. However, oil companies blame Biden for the energy crisis due to pledging to end the oil and gas industry during his 2020 campaign. This week, President Joe Biden sent a letter to executives from a number of oil companies and demanded they do more to decrease gas prices. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the White House wants oil companies to be patriotic by cutting prices on gas. We are, we are calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here, uh, and not to use the war uh, as an excuse or as a, as a reason uh, to, not put, to not put out a production, not, to not do the capacity that is needed out there uh, so, that the prices can, so that the prices can come down. Many in the oil and gas industry say that Biden should remove the regulatory and financial disincentives on expanded operations. However, Biden hasn't budged on that, nor has he moved on his pledge to transition away from oil altogether. Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, seemed to send mixed messages when appearing on CNN to discuss the energy crisis. Are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or ten years? 
what we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or ten years, actually in, in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petrodictators like Putin or at the whim of the volatility of fossil fuels. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely upon our own clean domestic production of energy. But that's the problem solar, for these companies. Wind, these companies are saying, you know, you're asking me to do more now, invest more now, when in fact, five or ten years from now, we don't think that demand will be there, and the administration doesn't even necessarily want it to be there. Ed Morrissey, a senior editor at Hot Air and the host of The Ed Morrissey Show, says that Biden has no one but himself to blame for the energy crunch here at home. Joe Biden has labored mightily for the past year to blame everyone but himself for the rampant inflation plaguing America. In remarks last week, he blamed Vladimir Putin and corporate greed rather than Biden's own energy policies. But Biden flat out lied about ExxonMobil, which he said, Exxon made more money than God this year. Biden scolded a reporter by asking him to report Exxon's profits this quarter and finished, Exxon, start investing, start paying your taxes. In fact, a review of ExxonMobil's last quarterly report showed that they paid a 32% rate on their taxable income and spent almost $82 billion on costs and investments in the first quarter. Later, the Financial Times reported that Biden and his team were shocked to find out that capital investors were reluctant to invest in oil and gas production expansion. That is a direct result of Biden's demonizing the American gas and oil sector for the last several years. The demagoguery is cheap for Biden. It costs the rest of us plenty, and we're feeling it each time at the pump. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell has pledged to do whatever it takes to curb inflation, now raging at a four-decade high and defying the Fed's efforts so far to tame it. Increasingly, it seems doing so might require the one painful thing the Fed has sought to avoid, a recession. Daybreak Insider's Rita Foley has the details on that story. First, the good news. The job market is booming. Families aren't buried in debt like they were before the Great Recession. And banks and other lenders have not piled up risky loans like they did back then. Now, the bad news. Inflation's been wrecking your purchasing power. After adjusting for higher prices, average hourly wages fell 3% last month from a year earlier, and that is the 14th drop in a row. Now, if you want to buy a house or a car, it'll cost money because of rising interest rates. Consumers are spending less, and that's bad for the economy. I'm Rita Foley. Disney Company says 14 markets across the Middle East and Southeast Asia ban theatrical showings of the Pixar movie Lightyear after the company declined to remove depictions of a same-sex relationship, including a kiss between two married female characters. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has the story. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Why don't they answer? Thirteen nations in the Palestinian territory object to the inclusion in the Disney Pixar movie of a brief kiss between a lesbian couple. It proved too much for censors in many Muslim-majority nations, where laws often criminalize same-sex relationships. Chris Evans is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. It feels good to be a part of something that is making social progress, but it's... Uh, it's with this ribbon of uh, bittersweet frustration that at the same time there are still places that have not caught up. Many Muslims consider gays and lesbians to be sinful. In some parts of the Arab world, members of the LGBTQ community have been arrested and sentenced to prison. Some countries even maintain the death penalty. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally, according to the WHO, monkeypox possesses a real risk to public health. 
The WHO says the magnitude of this outbreak is what possesses a real risk. The longer the virus circulates, the more it will extend its reach, and the stronger the disease's foothold will get in non-endemic countries. Dr. Amish Adalja explains why this outbreak possesses a problem to the public. Anytime a virus is behaving differently than it has in the past is a cause for concern, and it's really important to then put a halt to that new type of transmission. And that's what's happening with monkeypox, that it's transmitting outside the endemic area, person to person, and the epidemiology is different. It's transmitting in sexual and social networks. But the key thing to remember is it's still not a very transmissible virus in terms of comparing it to a respiratory virus. It doesn't have pandemic potential. The goal is just to get our arms around the epidemiology, find cases, contact trace, and use the vaccine. So I don't think this poses a major risk to the general public, but the longer it goes on, the longer it's going to be hard to uh, to stop it from spreading in those networks. And I think that's why the WHO is paying so much attention and convening these meetings. Dr. Adalja goes on to say that what makes this outbreak of monkeypox so different is how it spreads. So it's not the virus that's mutating. It's the social network that it's gotten into and the way it's transmitting amongst individuals in that social network. As we said, this has been kind of masquerading as a sexually transmitted infection. And a lot of the contact is from people being in intimate, close contact where there is skin-to-skin contact. So that's why we're seeing genital lesions. That's why we're not seeing the traditional rash on the face, the hands, the feet that people saw when primarily they were getting infected by animals. This is happening from close person-to-person contact, and that's responsible for why the rash is appearing in different parts of the body and responsible for why this had not been recognized for some period of time. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Jim Barto. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.